Welcome to another episode of Frankly Speaking. I'm your host, Larry Frank, on this April 17th, which is actually a very popular day in Major League Baseball. Uh, th this is the day where such athletes as Jim Palmer in 1965, Frank Robinson in 1956, Louis Aparicio in 1956, Don Drysdale in 1956, Roberto Clemente in 1955, Mickey Mantle in 1951, and Duke Snyder in 1947, and that's just to name a few. They all made their debut on April 17th of those years. Wow, what a memorable day in Major League Baseball. Welcome to a Friday morning here, live from Bentonville, Arkansas. Uh, hope everyone is doing well during these challenging times. You know, yesterday in our show, besides having a great show with Vader Pinson, if you did not get to see that uh, or listen to that episode yesterday, what a great interview with Vader Pinson III talking about his dad, his career, and why he should be in the Hall of Fame. So just a great, great interview. We were supposed to have a special guest today, but unfortunately something came up where he was unable to make it with us today. So we'll just go on talking about sports as usual. And then a reminder, this Monday, a must-listen to, we're getting down. It's under a week to the NFL draft. We will be talking to athletic sports writer for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, uh, Greg Orman will be joining us this Monday, talk a little bit about the draft and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So like I said, a must listen. Now, as we said yesterday, we were talking about the first player in the NFL to contract the uh, COVID-19 virus was Brian Allen of the uh, Los Angeles Rams. And then unfortunately yesterday... Just seems that sometimes news gets worse and worse and worse. We heard our buddy Ian Rappaport go ahead and announce this. Big special shout out to all the essential. To the NFL in a very big way. Broncos star pass rusher Von Miller, one of the biggest names in the NFL, regardless of position, has a confirmed case of COVID-19. This according to his agent, Joby Brannion of Vanguard Sports Group. From what I understand, Miller began feeling sick, was not feeling like himself, went to Broncos doctors, informed them of his condition recently, got tested, and now becomes the biggest name to have a confirmed case of coronavirus. Recently, the Rams announced that Brian Allen, their center, also has coronavirus and is recovering very nicely. In the last couple weeks, Sean Payton, the Saints coach, also came down with a case of COVID-19. From what I understand, Miller is at home, in good spirits, and resting, and he is expected to come out with a statement 
or some sort of public words very soon. Obviously, all of our best wishes are now with Von Miller as he recovers. Yes, and uh, that was Ian Rappaport of the NFL Network. want to thank him very much for that. So Von Miller, defensive end, all pro for the Denver Broncos, has contracted the coronavirus. And I think as more of these tests come out, unfortunately, we're going to hear a lot more popular names. I hope not, but more people are now getting tested than before because tests are now more available. We may hear some names. In other NFL news, uh, Leonard Fournette, and we, you know, we were going to talk about the Jacksonville Jaguars a little bit today, and we'll get right into that because Leonard Fournette, who I honestly believe has been one of the biggest uh, draft busts over the last five years or how many years it's been since he's been drafted from, for the Jacksonville Jaguars, came out and said that he would love to have Cam Newton as his quarterback. Now, he, he made it very clear. No disrespect towards Gardner Minshew. He just said when you have an, the opportunity to get a guy like Cam Newton with his experience and a man who's been to the Super Bowl, you know, those are not necessarily situations you want to pass, you know, pass up. So in all fairness to Cam Newton, that's all he was, I'm sorry, to uh, Leonard Fournette, that's all he was saying. Now, if you look at the Jacksonville Jaguars, they've had a lot of turmoil and a lot of losses over the past year. I mean, besides Tom Coughlin, the president, he is gone. Ramsey's gone. Uh, Green, um, I'm sorry, Kalis Campbell is gone. A.J. Bowie is gone. Uh, and let's not forget Nick Foles, who they signed to that big contract last year. He got hurt, and now he's gone. So the Jacksonville Jaguars definitely need a lot of help. I mean, that that's a tough division. You got the Texans, you got the Titans, and you got the Colts. All teams that have been coming on of late. Uh, and, of course, we all saw what the Titans did last year getting so, so close before losing. Uh, just a great, great uh, year under Tannehill and Derrick Henry. And those guys are back for the Titans. So it's going to be a very, very tough year for the Jacksonville Jaguars. And now, you know, the talk of Cam Newton... You know, I don't think Cam Newton would be a terrible fit there. I mean, the fans last year went crazy. I thought it was overrated. Uh, Gardner Minshew, uh, I think they just fell in love with this guy because he's a character. And uh, his talent is nowhere near up to a level of Cam Newton. And it's very surprising because our good friend Deion Sanders is very surprised that Cam Newton hasn't been picked up yet. At rule, Dion today said that it was time to move on. Didn't say anything bad about Cam and, and kind of said all the cliched things. Said Teddy Bridgewater was the perfect fit for what they were doing. Where's a perfect fit 
for Cam now, Prime. Where should Cam go? Let, let me back that thing up. He said it was time to move on. That that he's really saying time okay. to move on. He really saying Cam ran this locker room. Cam ran this team. Now it's time for me to come in there and put my footprint down because the coach is gone. Now I'm in there, so I want a new quarterback, a new system, new everything. That's really what he's saying. Now yeah. for Cam. It, it just behooves me that a guy could be a former MVP and not have a job in our beloved league. I don't understand that. And when you search the NFL, you got to say, okay, do they have a, a young movement going on like they do in Buffalo, like they do with the Jets and some of the other teams, or do they have an old savvy veteran that's really still paying dividends like a Drew Brees and, 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 and some guys like that, Matt Ryan, to name a few. But there are still a few places that Cam Newton can go and start. And I don't know why we are still having this conversation. It, it don't make sense to me. The guy hadn't forgot how, forgotten how to play the game of football. No, he looks good in these workouts. They, they want to see the foot. They want to see the shoulder. And obviously, time's a little bit different here. He's going to sign. I, I just think he may have to wait a little bit to sign. Why? And maybe until why? after the draft. Until, Andrew, why? Until, Tell me why. why? Because on, they man. want to meet the guy. Well, they want to meet Don't the guy. Don't you want to meet the guy he's if you're going to rookie? sign him? He's not a rookie. He ain't just fall out of college and come into the NFL. If you want to check and see is this off the field, um, is going to affect his own defense. No, no, no. I'm going to tell you what I've seen. I've seen a Cam Newton that's refocused, that's re-energized, and have a chip on his shoulder saying, so you going to do me like that? I'm going to show you. And I like that Cam, man. Oh, I, 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 I want to refi- fire my song back up. Cam, whoa, Cam. Cam, Cam gonna play for me. I promise you, Cam gonna play for all of us this year. I can't wait to see where he lands. And, me a and case. that was uh, Dion's, the great Dion Sanders. And you know, it's amazing that I'm, I'm very surprised that both Cam Newton and Jameis Winston have not been signed yet. And I think this is what's gonna happen. And we're gonna talk about the quarterbacks in a little bit in the upcoming NFL draft. And obviously, you're going to have people like Herbert and Tua and, of course, Burroughs, all top quarterbacks, Jake Fromm, uh, a lot of them out there. And I think after the draft, based on what these other teams are able to do that are seeking a quarterback, that's when you're going to start seeing these uh, Cam Newton and Jameis Winston sign. I honestly believe that the best fit for Cam Newton might be Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, I think Jameis Winston, I've said it before, should sign with the Patriots if they offer him it. I think Winston is the best fit for Belichick. I think for the Jaguars, it's Cam Newton, and I'm going to put a slash there because, as you all know, Burroughs is going to sign with Cincinnati unless something miraculously happens where they decide to go another route and trade that pick and keep Dalton, but I don't see that happening. But there's another name that I think you should look out for for the Jacksonville Jaguars is Andrew Dalton. Andy Dalton going to the Jacksonville Jaguars. So, you know, the draft is coming up. It's not far away, and we're going to find out where these guys are going pretty soon. Want to remind you all that if you have any topics, questions, concerns, things you want to talk about, 
You can go to franklyspeaking528 at gmail.com. We have a voice link right on this show where you can leave a message. Any question, you just leave a voice message. We'll actually play your voice if you want actually on our next episode. We have Twitter. Please follow us and listen to us on Twitter. It's at Larry Frankis US. And we also have one of the upcoming Facebook pages, frankly speaking. Go ahead, uh, you know, like us on that. Listen to us on that. Follow us on that. Just a lot, a lot of great information. We try to update you on that Frankly Speaking page as much as possible with the latest news. And we have some of the best sources and contacts around to get us the information as quickly and accurately as possible. Also want to remind you that this Monday, Greg Orman from The Athletic will be joining us to talk a little bit about the upcoming NFL draft and who the Buccaneers might be going for, as well as possible rumors surrounding the trade of O.J. Howard. So that is definitely a show you won't want to miss. When we come back from break, we're going to talk a little bit about the NFL draft. You know, everybody understands that... uh, or is under the impression that Joe Burrows is going to be the first pick in the NFL draft. I don't think there's a question in anyone's mind. But when talking about the quarterback ratings, we got a couple of questions about who might be number two. We'll be right back. Of course, we're going to hear our tip of the day from our good friend, Dickie V. But you know what makes life really exciting and meaningful is overcoming those challenges, to be able to be tough at tough times. Yes, strong people have the ability to mentally be tough when things get tough. That's what life is about, because it's never going to be smooth, it's never going to be easy, it's not going to be simple. You have many times where you have to have that perseverance and that drive and that determination. So it's up to you to develop that, to develop that strength of character, that strength mentally, to be able to survive when those tough times happen. And when you overcome them, oh oh man, you overcome those challenges, it becomes so meaningful and so exciting. Want to remind all of you folks out there that are listening to our episode that at these challenging times right now, a lot of the restaurants, especially the mom and pop restaurants, are really suffering when it comes to make a living uh, because a lot of the dining rooms are closed. Actually, I think in every state, all the dining rooms are closed. So we ask that you do what you can to help them out. Order a carryout order. Order a delivery order. Remember, you ordering a carry-out delivery order could be the difference between those restaurants staying open or shutting their doors. Welcome back to Frankly Speaking. Uh, before we went to break, and we were talking a little bit about the uh, quarterback class um, in the upcoming NFL draft this Thursday, and like we said before the break, 
I don't think it's a secret unless a team trades up that Joe Burrows will become the number one pick of the Cincinnati Bengals. Now, we have talked about a lot about Tua and uh, most likely, and I, I said this and I still believe this, that he's going to go number five in the draft to the Miami Dolphins. Miami Dolphins need a quarterback. They want a young guy that's going to add a lot of excitement. But some of the executives out there are not too sure that Tua will be the number two quarterback to be drafted in the NFL. It's like uh, things are getting a little murky. Colleen, over the past 24 hours, I have polled GMs and other high-ranking executives about the order that those top quarterbacks go. Joe Burrow, as you would expect, unanimous as number one. But in terms of who the second quarterback is to come off the board, I've gotten six votes for Justin Herbert, five predicting it is Tua Tunga-Vailoa. This all comes down, of course, to the medical and durability questions with Tua, even at a time that by all accounts he is making a strong recovery from that hip injury. All things equal. Setting aside the medical stuff, Tua would be the safer prospect. He's simply a more polished player and passer at this stage. But there's just no way for medical staff to say with 100% certainty right now that there will not be issues with Tua's hip down the line in terms of arthritis. And, of course, that's not the only thing on his medical report. Every team has a different degree of risk tolerance, and that's going to impact who comes up with a case. All right, so we will listen to Mr. Peloroso talk about the executives he talked to, and I'm going to tell you something about Tua. Tua is a better quarterback than Justin Herbert. No disrespect towards Herbert. Um, Tua is a more precise passer. He definitely has a lot more mobility. Now, yes, he does have a hip injury, and I think some people's fear is, I mean, we remember what happened with Bo Jackson. It ruined his career, a hip injury, but you know, everything that we're hearing from our sources that talk about Tua Taglivola is that he is healthy again. They show him working out. He did a pro day. Uh, it was a virtual pro day, of course. And everything looks great. So I think when you're looking at this draft, it's going to definitely be Burroughs first, Tua second, and then Herbert third. And there's a lot of people needing quarterbacks right now in the NFL, and it's a terrific quarterback class. So very, very interesting to see what happens in the upcoming draft this Thursday. Now, in other news not related to college football, Jalen Green, who is expected to possibly be the number one draft pick in the 2020 one NBA draft has decided to go to the G League. And we were able to catch his announcement yesterday on his Instagram. And Ford is built to lend a hand with six month payment relief. I will get in that tape up for you right now. Here it goes. So, you know, everybody wants to know. Two of them, what are you going to do? Uh, 
Well, at the end of the day, it's been a crazy, exciting journey for me and my family. A lot of opportunities have came, but, you know, the ultimate end goal is to get to the NBA. And so, with that being said, I decided to partner with the NBA G League's new team for elite players. That was his announcement. Jalen Green, we caught it on Instagram yesterday and wanted to play that for you. Now, he is graduating high school. Everybody knows the G League is set up for people coming out of high school. They offer him a compensation package of like $500,000 to play. And Jalen is supposed to possibly be the number one pick, like we just said, in the 2021 draft. But our buddy Dick Vitale isn't necessarily happy with this decision. Green, tremendous player. How good? Paul B. Cardi of ESPN has the number one player coming into the class 2020. Problem, though. Problem is, instead of going where many people thought was like a school like Auburn, several others were involved with him as well. Bottom line is, he announced today, I'm going to the G League. That's right, the NBA G League. Because cash talks, my friend. Cash talks. I don't blame some of these kids. I mean, he wants to go out and chase his dream, play the NBA. I respect that. No problem. But what I do think has to happen to stop some of this, because Paul Biancardi also reported, and Paul knows his stuff, that many of the prospects who are superstars, class of 2021, are being approached about to possibly go to NBA G League as well, and maybe reclassify. Well, what is the NSA doing? We had a lot of rhetoric, a lot of chatter, a lot of talk. Committee talked about, yeah, we got to start thinking about, we're going to honor the fact of they allowed to make some money off their likeness. Well, that's a lot of talk, rhetoric. What is this rhetoric going to put the reality to reality so these players know that's possibly there for them instead of chatter, 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 all this gab, gab, gab. Get it done, man. We don't want to lose all these kids, even if we get them for one year. But gee whiz, it's ridiculous and absurd just sitting back and letting this happen where kids are going to play in the G League over playing at a big-time college and get exposure. But I don't blame them. If they can make the cash and that's what they want to do, so be it. But the bottom line is give them an opportunity to have something equal when a coach can talk to them and say, you know what, you can make money here as well in terms of your likeness. Yeah, we're going to hear people come back, critics say, well, they'll cheat. People can give them money anyway. I don't want to hear that nonsense. If you firmly believe that everybody cheats, you are out of your mind. You are crazy. There's no validity to that at all. There are a lot of good people out there who do things the right way. Understand that. So I get sick and tired of everybody coming back. Oh, everybody cheats. No, not everybody cheats, okay? Not everybody. Take care. Have a great day. But let me tell you this. NCA, no more rhetoric. Chatter, chatter, chatter. Get it done. Make this happen. And we can have players have some money come their way for their likeness. If they're stars like Zion Williamson was. Be able to profit off it. I don't have enough set. I don't want to say anything. And you can really hear in Dickie B's voice, especially towards the end, he's, he's really frustrated over this. And let's think about this a minute. These young kids, they go to the G League. They go after the money. Now, they're losing a few, th more than a few things out of this. You know, Dickie B talked about the exposure. You know, think about the national attention you get when you play for a Division I powerhouse 
NCAA basketball team. Whether And he was talking about Auburn with my good buddy Bruce Pearl who coaches down there. You know, the exposure he would get at Auburn versus to the G League, it's just not even in comparison. Uh, not only that, the a big school most likely is going to make March Madness, and the notoriety you get throughout the tournament is just incredible. That's number one. Number two, a lot of these kids, and I'm speaking from experience, are not mature enough when they come out of high school to make that kind of money. Do they have the right to make that kind of money? Yes. Are they ready to make that kind of money? No. A lot of them get in trouble because they're just not socially mature enough. You know, college is there for you to become socially mature. That's what college is. You get to build relationships. You get to become, you become a man or a woman. That's what you do. You're 18 years old when you go. You don't know anything about finances because these high schools don't teach kids about finances. They teach them things that they don't need to know to go on in life. They, they'd rather teach them ge geometry than rather teach them how to budget their money. I mean, it just doesn't make sense to me. And then when you go to college, that is supposed to be the stepping stool to get to the next level. We talk about the staircase. You got to go step one before you go step 10. And that's what Dickie V is talking about. You, you have to allow these kids time to grow up. You give an 18-year-old $500,000... And then you want to know why he's hanging around with the wrong crowd. Why is all of a sudden, gosh forbid, they get into drugs or other things? Because they don't know how to handle the fame. And this is what those big-time Division I basketball programs do. They teach the kids not just to become great basketball players, but to become great men or women so that they can go on in life and be successful. So, Dickie V... You know, it's not often that I do disagree with you, but once again, I agree with you 100% on this topic. We'll be back right after this station break. Welcome back to Frankly Speaking. Once again, I want to remind you, this Monday, Greg Orman from The Athletic will be joining us to talk a little bit of Tampa Bay Buccaneer football and who they might pick in the upcoming NFL draft as we get down to the nitty-gritty. It's six days away, the virtual NFL draft. Now, you know, every day we seem to be hearing something new about the world of sports on the fact of whether and when Actual sports will come back. You're hearing contingency plans. You're hearing dates. You're hearing this. You're hearing one person say one thing. Another person says another. And, you know, baseball, for example. We're hearing a couple different things as far as it could start in four weeks. The state of Florida is opening up. Actually, the state of Florida today 
opened up its beaches, at least in Jacksonville. Not sure about Clearwater, Florida down there, but I got some news this morning that's saying that as of this morning, Jacksonville, Florida beaches are now open. So the state of Florida seems like it's opening up. As you move further west, it seems like some of these states are more hesitant, and I'm not here to say whether they're right or they're wrong, but they're just very hesitant in uh, in opening up their states, and for obvious reasons. Uh, but when you listen, um, you know, Terry Francona, uh, the great manager of the Cleveland Indians, says, you got to be flexible. I think if we're going to be able to play baseball, everybody's going to have to be a little bit, uh, you know, willing to make adjustments. You know, I, if we think we're just going to roll out a normal baseball season, I think we're probably all kidding ourselves. Um, I think MLB has done a really good job of of explaining that, hey, if if and when we play, it'll be appropriate to play. You know, we're not going to take away from other people. Um, and, and certainly with the safety of our players and their families come into play. So if you see us playing, I'm pretty confident that we're in a pretty good place as far as our whole country goes. And and then again, I said, we're going to have to be willing to make some, whether you say concessions or be, you know, be flexible because it's just not realistic that we're going to start playing in Cleveland right away. It's just, just not going to happen. I think if, if we're fortunate enough to play, which we're, we all want to desperately, we're all going to have to be willing to be flexible. There's no getting around that. And, you know, whatever, whether we play one game or a hundred, our mentality is we always want to win. I mean, that's the way we're, we're, we're wired. So regardless of what we do, you want to win. I don't care if it's, like I said, whatever is out there, we're going to do the best we can to do, to do the best we can. That's, that's all you can do. As far as the idea of playing games in empty stadiums in front of no fans, have you given any thought to what, what that might be like? You know, we tell our guys all the time how you handle adversity or, you know, and, and that would be different. I mean, I know we've played some games where they're makeup games or they start at an odd time and the ballpark's kind of empty and it feels weird. But, and I'm sure it would be different. But whoever handles it the best you're going to give yourselves a better chance to win. And that's just how we feel about everything. This would just be another thing that we're trying to handle better than the team we're playing, regardless of what they ask us to do. That was Terry Francona of the Cleveland Indians. And, you know, I, I like how he says, you know, he uses my line there, baby. Adversity, how you handle adversity. It's going to be different in 2020. I don't think anyone is going to be fooled by that. But the team that handles it the best is going to win. I think the sport that's going to have the most difficult time of opening back up is going to be college football. I, and that should not be a surprise to anyone. Let's think about this. You can open up professional football without fans. It's going to be different, but you can do it. You can open up baseball and basketball and hockey without fans professionally. But you cannot open up college sports without fans.
fans, especially in football. Can you? Yeah, I guess you can, but it just doesn't make sense. First of all, the student body is a big part of college football, of all college sports, but I'm just going to use football as the example right now. That's number one. Number two, if the kids are not allowed, and I think that college football starting back up whenever is going to be dependent upon when they allow students back on campus. I really believe that's going to be the main factor. If they're allowing students in September back on campus, then you will see college football in September. But how can you go out there and say, okay, you can't come on campus, but you're going to allow athletes who remember athletes are students as well. Sometimes we tend to forget that because the high publicity they get. They are students. So how do you allow athletes on campus but not students? A big part of college sports and college football are the bands. Well, now you start to allow more and more and more people on campus if you do allow the bands on or do you go without the bands? I mean, there's just so much involved in college football that you have to think about a little bit more. And, you know, they're talking about a lot of different things in college football. And I give, uh, you know, it's, it's not up to the commissioner of the NCAA or the president of the NCAA. It's up to these conferences. Actually, it's up to the universities at the end of the day. The universities are going to dictate the decision that the conference officials make. You know, without the universities, you don't have any games. So it's going to be a very, very, very tough decision over the next couple of months. But I'm still sticking with my gut opinion from all the sauces that I'm talking about. And you just heard um, the other day that about to open 20 states... Uh, after next week, beginning on May 1st, and you're going to see states slowly and slowly open. And I still believe baseball will start at the end of May, uh, whether it's the end of May with, you know, spring training first and a three-week period before, but we will see players on the field by Memorial Day. And I am sticking to that just based on everything that I'm hearing. Remember, there is not going to be a right time. Okay, we do not have a vaccine for this. So it's going to be one of those things. And I think if you listen to Dr. Fauci and some of the medical experts, at least on this, they're saying it can be done. Dr. Fauci says Baseball could resume if it would just follow a certain number of steps. And one of those steps being frequent testing, where when they get enough tests, which there are enough tests starting to become available, that they would test these players on a frequent basis to assure they do not have the coronavirus. And then they will keep them in places. Is it going to be difficult? Yes. Is it going to be different? Yes. Is it going to be uncomfortable? Yes. Can it be done? Yes.
We'll be right back after this message. Welcome back to Frankly Speaking. Uh, I'm your host, Larry Frank, on this beautiful Friday. I want to once again remind you, if you have any questions, concerns, thoughts, things you want to discuss, please contact us right here. We have a voice link. Just hit the quick message and leave us a voice message. You can go to also our email address at franklyspeaking528 at gmail.com. We also follow us on Twitter. We have a Twitter account where you can follow us at Larry Frankis. That's with the U.S. at the end. And also our Facebook page. Go down to my beautiful face with the beard and you'll see podcasts and stuff with a picture of a stadium. Follow us. Like us. Um, before we went to break and earlier today, we... Um, We announced that Von Miller had contracted the coronavirus, and we are lucky enough now to have a videotape of him today on the Today Show. And this is what Von Miller had to say about him getting the coronavirus. For his first interview since going public with this news, Von, good morning to you. Good morning, guys. Let's uh, dig right in here. I know you just found out yesterday you tested positive for COVID-19. Um, I understand you've had mild symptoms so far. How are you feeling this morning? Um, I've only been up for 35 minutes, but um, I'm feeling better. Um, it, all wow. started with just, it all started with just a, a simple cough, um, and it got worse. I also have asthma, and um, my girlfriend, she was telling me that my um, – Um, I wasn't sounding normal, and I should take and I should try my nebulizer. So I did. Um, I tried the nebulizer, which I do before football games and before practice, um, you know, regularly. But this time was different. I, I really didn't. It really didn't work like it should. Um, I had waited another day. The cough, the cough still didn't go away. And my assistant, she said, um, "Why don't you just go get tested? You know, there's no harm in getting tested." Um, I went down the street. When he got tested, and two days later, they my doctor called me and said that I had a positive result for COVID nineteen. You mentioned your nebulizer. You have asthma, but otherwise, I mean, look, you're a healthy, you know, professional athlete. You just turned thirty one. What was your reaction um, to the news? Because I know, frankly, you've been taking this seriously. Yeah, I, I'm, 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 I was shocked. <laughs> um, you know, uh, we've been taking this uh, serious since day one. I started um, in San Francisco. Um, training where I normally train and San Francisco was uh, one of the first cities to have a uh, stay at home order right when um, San Francisco had a stay at home order we uh, made the decision to come back to Denver I've been here in Denver for about four weeks now and within that four weeks I've probably left the house four times all of those with all of those four times I never got out the car it's just just to drive to pick up food and to come back home so I've really just been uh, taking it serious staying at home of course you know I have I have people come in you know, in and out, like workers, uh, you know, maids and, you know, people to come do the plumbing, just everyday stuff. But it was it was really nothing crazy. But I cough and, uh, you know, here we well, are we today. Only, we only have about a minute left, but the NFL season uh, doesn't start until obviously later in the fall when hopefully we'll be in a better place as a country. What are your thoughts from a player's perspective about potentially playing, frankly, uh, in an empty stadium? Whatever's safe. Um, whatever safe. I'll, 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 that would always be, um, you know, our first precaution is uh, to do whatever is safe, whatever it is, uh, whatever we have to do to to um, get things back to normal. That's what we should do. We shouldn't 
move too fast. Just, just to do whatever safe. That was Von Miller, the defensive end for the uh, Denver Broncos, who it was announced yesterday has contracted the coronavirus. We want to wish him the best of luck for a speedy recovery. Um, I don't know if you saw in that interview, but if you didn't know, and this is, I think, what some of the experts are trying to tell us, by looking at Von, that he looks completely normal. He doesn't look like uh, he's sick at all. He's at least there. He's not coughing at all. Said he's been up for about 85 minutes now. And, I mean, I thought he looked pretty good. Not that that makes it better, but, you know, this is what the experts are saying. You just don't know. You could be next to someone that looks completely normal. And like Vaughn said, he was totally shocked that he had contracted this virus. Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to have an abbreviated show today. We were expecting a guest on today. As you know, that did not work out. But once again, we do want to remind you, Greg Orman of The Athletic will be with us here Monday to discuss, discuss the upcoming NFL draft and who the Bucks might just take. You won't want to miss that, believe me. Also, hopefully on this Monday, we'll have some more news to report to you that is definitely more positive than some of the news that we've had a report recently. Everybody have a terrific weekend, and make sure you can stay tuned throughout the weekend to our Facebook page, Frankly Speaking, or at Twitter, at Larry Frankis with the U.S., for the most up-to-date sports news that we can provide you. Have a great weekend, everybody.